Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, the best bits of this afternoon show. Thanks for downloading us as always. And we decided to do a bit of a bumper one, haven't we? Yeah, because you've got to, you know, we won't be back till Tuesday, so, you know, you can listen to it over the weekend. Yeah. We're not going to put that much in. We never got around to discussing your new glasses. They're very nice. Thank you very much. We can talk about them next week. Yeah, we'll focus, and that'll be a good, that's the first hour on Tuesday. <laughs> but they're good glasses, then. Thank you very much. Um, we spoke to a Wright Thompson, uh, not a Wright Thompson, he's a Wright Thompson. <laughs> no, Wright Thompson, he's an American sports journalist. Yeah. And columnist. He was great, wasn't he? He's a bit of an American Sean Dyche, as you'll hear. He, yeah, he did have a bit of that, didn't he? Um, we had another Thompson, Jeff Thompson in. Uh, Tremendous. Former World Karate Championship uh, champion, uh, coming out of retirement at 61. We've got to find out next week how he got on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had Martin Kelm on a slightly cosmic Skype line, but we <laughs> hope you can hear the best of that. That's right. And uh, Tim Lovejoy and Simon Rimmer. Came they in. came in, yep, from uh, Sunday brunch. They popped in as well, talked a bit of football and more. So uh, here it all is. What a great time it is to be a Spurs fan. Yeah. It is. You've got the fabulous new stadium. You're in the Champions League semi-final. And I don't begrudge you any of it because you've had to suffer the endure the entire Abramovich era yeah. as, as we've celebrated. But we'll come again under Sir Jim Radcliffe and our new manager, <laughs> Eric Ten Hag. Yeah. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> I think you might. I think you might. Yeah. It was, uh, as I it said... It was a wonderful game. If wonderful, you look at my uh, WhatsApp conversations with Andy throughout the game, mm -hmm. uh, you would see that I felt that that, uh, that result was never in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I, just, I, I even predicted that Lorente was going to be influential in yeah. the result. And I, uh, I just felt as a neutral that Spurs were always in it. Guardiola, for all his brilliance and all his wonderful football, and they are a wonderful team, and he's a great coach, but uh, what the mistake he made in the, in the last week cost them that game. Everything was about them failing to score last week at White Hart Lane. How he couldn't have picked De Bruyne. Five minutes of De Bruyne at Tottenham was ridiculous. I mean, if you played even a half, I think City would have no, scored. Even if you'd won 2-1, they would have gone through. It, you cannot... In the, No wonder he's had got such a terrible record in the Champions League. Yeah. As a top team, you have to score away from home. You don't score away from home, you are in deep trouble. And that's what happened, and yeah. that's what decided the game. There was no standout. I mean, De Bruyne was amazing last night. Wonderful. And Sterling was fantastic. And they had some real standout performances. And I'd say Tottenham... I mean, OK, yeah, Son, early on when he took those goals, was brilliant. But... 
it was a great collective effort. I wouldn't say any of them played as well as they can do, but they just dug in. And it's a spirit. He, he has got a special spirit going. He's an amazing manager. Yeah. I think he massive. Like when they all they talk about managers of the year, I mean, this is a guy's massively punching above his weight. He's done an incredible job. You look at Sissoko. You look at even Wanayama last night. You know, he gets the best out of people, and there's no question about that. But can we please stop, and we're just as guilty of this at TalkSport, can we please stop this witless, unprovable comparison every time anything good happens in sport? Was that the greatest comeback of all time? Was that the greatest Champions League of all time? Was that the best 330 from Newbury you've ever seen? Well, Shut up and just enjoy it. <laughs> God, it drives me mad. You can't compare. You can't compare any sportsman to any other sportsman of a different era you can't compare matches you can't people were even saying oh yeah Tigers come back that was the same as and it wasn't as good as Liverpool's against Milan what are you talking about one's golf and one's football <laughs> just enjoy them both it drives me mad <laughs> would you make that law I would you can't compare anything no, to anything witless in, in any shape or form. You can't compare mm. one thing to another. No, you can't. Whether in sport or anything else. No, because there's no measure of it. You just have to say that was one of the best games of all time. You have to really enjoy it for what it was, which was a wonderful game of football. Okay, yeah. someone makes you, uh, I don't know, uh, Michel Roux makes you an egg sandwich and uh, my nan makes you an egg sandwich <laughs> and you take a bite out of each. Can you compare which was, can you compare the yes, two? Yes, because you've got the two of them in front. They're both egg sandwiches. <laughs> it's quite simple. I love the way you've <laughs> taken that on. <laughs> And turn it into a serious comment. And VAR, I mean, the more it goes on, the more you realise yeah. that it has to come in. But it has to come in because of what happened with the Guero goal, this is out, and the same with Mane's goal. Yeah. It has to come in, and we have to live with all the rubbish that, of the other things because it should just be for line decisions. Anybody with a brain would know that. Yeah. It doesn't solve handball. You know, that Lorente one, you could ask 100 people today. 50 would say oh, it was handball. 50 would say it wasn't. That putting it through VAR made no difference because yeah, yeah, people yeah. are still arguing about it. Whereas no one's arguing about the Aguero goal, disallowed goal, because we could all see it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You know, it is frustrating because we are going to have to deal with a lot of rubbish. It's not going to solve anything because it's still a matter of Do you know what? I, I've not seen the angle that Mark Halsey was talking about on Breakfast and writing about in the Sun today, but purely from the one that they were rocking and rolling on, on BT last night, I still can't tell whether it's hit his hand. I know Rio says his arm's rippling. Now, that doesn't mean the I think he's flicked it. his hand, but it doesn't really matter. I think in the end, next year's ruling, isn't it, that if a goal is scored and it, it, it touches the striker's hand, it will yeah. be disallowed. And I think that's probably right. I th- but, you know, the... Again, that's all, that's, there's no point having VAR for that. You might as well just let the referee decide because you're, you're not going to solve it with that one. But it was such a gripping situation. It was a funny game in a way that it was so gripping, the actual situation, that it took you a few minutes to realize, what a brilliant game. The City had actually won this game. Yeah. You know, and it was it was wonderful. I didn't even look at social media once, which really... Just texting you. It was the only time I looked at my phone. It's, I mean, I think it was a great game for the neutral. If you had, yeah. if you had Wonderful. skin in the game, obviously it was, uh, it was a, a night oh, tense. fraught with tension. Yeah, sure. But I did. I, I think generally like the 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 uh, kind of camaraderie of the fans of the two clubs. I've often said to you before, before City had the. Uh, the lottery win. Mm. There was a lot of comparisons. We'd often been the second team in our city and put up with a lot. I've got quite a lot of city supporting mates, and a few of them were in touch. Our old mate Gilo was. I saw uh, uh, no, a guy on with uh, Jim this morning. He was so generous to yeah. Spurs and so well, they, you know they, they, that's one thing City fans do have. However upset they were, they 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 acknowledged. Them well, listen, nice. Tom is a City fan. I, I've, I keep in touch with him now and again on Twitter. He said, uh, Paul. He said uh, there was a few Tottenham fans. He's a City fan. Went with his son to the game. There was a few Tottenham fans in our hotel last night. They were fantastic with Ben, my son. 
It was obviously gutted about how things uh, panned out uh, and the kick in the what's-its that VAR inflicted late on. They told him we embrace the knocks as it makes the, the uh, sweet times that bit sweeter. He said, I'm currently having a pint with two old Spurs lads and they're a delight. Football is so tribal, but last night was a joy, he says. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Sunday brunch goes from uh, strength to strength on Channel 4 every Sunday morning, live for uh, three hours. They have the Sunday brunch cookbook out, uh, do our uh, two guests. That is, of course, is uh, Tim Lovejoy and Simon Rimmer. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Good to be here. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank good. you. Thank you. Pretty good. It was always a brilliant format, this uh, chat show, part chat show, part cookery show. You took it from the BBC and it's to Channel 4 and it's still going as strong as ever. Yeah, it seems to be actually stronger now than it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think we've just become part of people's Sunday, you know, because we're both relatively laconic, uh, one of us more than the other. Um, (laughs) And uh, it just seems to work. People, People love it. I think we're known as background TV. <laughs> Possibly that's the nicest harsh. thing people say about us. Yeah, too. you get on with your day and we're on in the background. <laughs> the book's very handsome, beautifully yeah. done, isn't it? Yeah, so what's the, what's the kind of story? Are the recipes you've done over the years on the show? Or? Yeah, there's there's 100 recipes. 70 of them are featured on the show, then there's 30 new ones. So think of it like a Greatest Hits album, really. Yeah. So, you know, you get a few additional tracks that hopefully will become classics as well. And obviously, we've shared the load, really, on, on Split. Yeah, the real, split on it, the real story behind the book is there's just one good recipe in there, and that's my one. There's a hun- <laughs> there's a hundred Simon. Is it ninety nine? Ninety nine of mine. Yeah, ninety nine Rimmer and yeah. one Lovejoy, and people people are buying it for that one. What recipe. is the Lovejoy? It is the uh, Kung Fu tuna, of course. Just, and, just and tell the guys what's actually in that tin. Tuna and and, <laughs> and some stuff, you know. So, <laughs> no, actually, it is something I cook all the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's the one time I, they let me cook on the show. And that recipe's gone in there. By osmosis, so, I suppose, Tim, hanging out with yeah. Simon and working on the show, you've become more accomplished in the kitchen, have you? Is that right, or? A bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think you put yourself down because you cook a lot now. When we first started working together, <clears> then you, I would think it would be safe to say you had very little interest in cooking or food, really. Yeah, true. Ham, apples and walnuts, that was pretty much your yeah, kind of your staple diet. Yeah, that's true. Um, but now you cook a lot. Yeah, no, I can cook now. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many chefs come on the show and Simon, obviously, as well. I just sort of, you know, you pick up a few tips here and there. Do you guys cook? Yeah. Not, not particularly well. Andy's a bit of a, do, uh, yeah. he's a, bit of a dab hand uh, oh, in yes. the kitchen. You're what the sort Christ- of thing do you like knocking up, Andy? Anything. Italian, Ooh. stir fries, you know, roast beef, Christmas dinner. I do the lot. Nice. I do your Christmas dinner any day yeah. of the week. Oh, yeah, any day of the week. Apart no, I love to, I, I find cooking cathartic. I mean, I find it, it's relaxing. I, I love doing it. I, I love buying all the food, making it. You know, it's, it's a great, fun thing to do. You know, I don't see it as a chore, but, you know, I don't have to do the washing up all the time. That's just, oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. You've been able to indulge your, uh, I mean, having some great guests on the show. You had Kenny Dalgleish on, didn't you? Oh, I remember good. that. Kenny was good. Yeah, Simon. Brilliant. It must have been brilliant good for, for you, Simon. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, I, I've known Kenny for a few years, but <laughs> even though I know him, it was weird him being on the show. Mm. I, I was completely overall. <laughs> I think it was something because everybody in the studio was. Because, you, you know, you, you've probably met him. He has that mm. presence when he walks into a room. And it was that whole thing of having to interview your idol. You also know it was, it was very surreal. But he's, he's a great man. He's yeah. funny as well. He is he's funny. funny. When I said to him, what's your favourite ever goal? He said the one against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing they won the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, would be, he, he's just brilliant. He's really funny. But yeah. he, he kind of presented a, a kind of front, didn't he, as a manager? Could be quite taciturn, could be quite difficult, and a sort of a. Uh, 
quite acerbic with uh, with journalists. But as a bloke, away from that, uh, he's a completely different guy. Is, what, what he's mm. done for Hillsborough is phenomenal. Have yeah. you seen the documentary? Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. It's just incredible. Incredible. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, and I think you know that whole thing that finally he's kind of he's been knighted. Now there's kind of a little bit of traction on kind of the justice system and, and his behaviour as a human being over that. I mean, I was at Hillsborough, and you know, to to this day, it obviously it still hurts. But Kenny is 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 a, is a hero of me because of that. Aside from any football kind yeah. of prowess, and what are the other memorable guest guys over the years that, you, that, that you've loved having in? Do you know what we like is the old school ones who come on and just entertain. Giles Brandreth recently, fantastic. <laughs> Bradley Walsh, absolutely yeah, great. Bradley's Mike, funny. Michael Ball. I mean, these guys come on and they entertain. Yeah. They, yeah. they know how to do it because it's a three-hour show. You know what it's like mm. doing live radio for mm, that length sure. of time. It's like it's three hours for us. So as soon as we get guys in who can sustain three hours worth of material, it's fantastic. And then yeah. you get lovely things like when Phil Collins was on. You know, he's, he's like a, an absolute legend. He came on. Which came with one other person. Asked if it was right if he had another cup of tea. Yeah. He was just a delight, wasn't he? He was just so humble. He was a lovely guy. How much input do you have on the guest front? Do you kind of is it a bit of a two way street? Are there people that you say, shall we try and get? Or Tim I... books them all, don't you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> Day job. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm busy booking. Do you, do you want to come on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, it'd be good. He'd knock you up at Christmas dinner. Yeah, come on, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem at all. Yeah. It's funny how cyclical football is because if we We'd have done this interview about three years ago. These two would have been miserable. Yeah. You and I would have been delighted. Yeah. But now it's switched. Now we're it, playing Thursday nights. We're playing Thursday nights. Yeah. yeah. Got completely the wrong manager. It's a complete disaster of a season. But these two are having a wonderful time. <laughs> we're losing our best player. It's the way it goes. He is incredible, though, Hazard. I mean, yeah. I was at the Liverpool Chelsea game on Sunday, which, in case you boys had forgotten, Liverpool won 2 0. And yeah. Hazard was. I was, was watching Tiger Woods. Class. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if he'd, if he'd have. <laughs> picked, you know, uh, the team that created two chances in about two minutes from the start. It might have been a different game, but <laughs> yeah. that's been sorry all season. He's, he's gone to, four times he's done that to top teams with Hazard up front on his own. Yeah. Four times they've scored no goals. Four times Hazard's looked useless. I mean, it's incredible to keep making the same... It's like booking a rubbish guest for Sunday brunch and you keep booking <laughs> yeah. him every yeah. week. And you wonder he's why really boring the fact why that you're booking you him. Wonder why <laughs> 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 he's a Stop booking rubbish yeah. guests. It's true. And you wonder, sorry, why the, you wonder why the guests no good. You think, well, I can't understand why he's no good. He was, but he was no good last week. Well, who cares? Mo you know, Salah. Mad. Mate, if you want to get Mo Salah on, you've oh. got something to hang it on now because yeah. he's been named in Time Magazine's list of the 100 most influential people of the year. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And he's one of the five that they put on the cover as well, isn't he? Well, what about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, he, he he has been incredible. I mean, he is he is really a terrible one-season wonder because this second season, he's done pretty well. Mm. But, I mean, that goal, I don't know if you saw that goal on Sunday. Gentlemen. Yes, oh, I yeah, did yeah. see the goal. It was fantastic. Was yeah, it just yeah. annoys me because all the great players in the league come from Chelsea, don't they? Yeah, it's Brian well. Salah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant job by Mourinho, wasn't it? Yeah. Well done. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's the way it goes. And so, who have you decided yet who's winning the league? Uh, I think Liverpool. I do. do I, think, I think it's their, theirs to win. They've got. The momentum's with them, and I think City it's going to be hard, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be exciting. Well, how much an effect last night will have on them? You kind of think they'll shrug it off because it's Tottenham again. In some ways, it's probably easier to be playing the same team at the weekend. I don't know, but are you kind of clutching at that particular straw, Simon? I always felt that um, on the run, if, if uh, City were going to drop points, it would be Tottenham and United are the ones you look at and go, there's a chance that they might drop a couple of points. They won't drop there. points against United. Yeah. <laughs> I don't won't. know because it's a derby, oh, isn't yeah, it? Can... You know, a do the rules of the derby United, are very different. United lately. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, all bets are off in the derby, aren't they, really? Well, they are it's and they are. Football. Aren't. 
Like at last night. And I don't think Saturday that Spurs will get anything out of that game either. I think it's going to be half. They've got a lot of injuries. And, yeah, I, I think he's, he, he, Spurs have looked good against City every game this season. Yeah. They were even unlucky at Wembley on that bog yeah. of a pitch. They could have scored. Lamella could have scored and equalised yeah. it. We wouldn't have deserved it, but we, we could have equalised on the day. So, no, you're probably right, actually. But they won't have the away goal on Saturday, will they? To no, it's true. That. But you know, it, it's been a it's been a long, long wait, and I think that you know, if Liverpool don't win it this year, then let's mm. face it, City aren't going to sit back in the close and go, "Our squad's all right. We don't need anybody else. Yeah. You know, we'll just carry on with that." that that's that's the yeah. Thing. They may they may be in the same problems that Chelsea have got though with the transfer ban. You know, so we'll and, see he, and he's very anti-sorry, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you keep him on next year? Would you give him another year? Oh, with Chelsea, we got to get rid of him. We get rid of a manager every season. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really what, the style of the club. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Chelsea, the squad Chelsea have got, they should have been third this season, I think. But you know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know what happens to our team because sometimes the players turn up and sometimes they don't. But we're we're <sighs> flaky. Yes, but a lot of it is the teams he picks. You know, when he gets the selections right and he picks the right combinations, they do well. And when he gets it wrong, they don't. So we had that spell though in the sort of first half of the season when you yeah looked pretty impressive. Where we believed in him and then it all fell apart. So you think it's Chelsea's fans' fault? Do you think they kind of give out bad vibes back to the manager? And then no, it, it, no. Destroyed, not at all. <laughs> yeah. no. You're going to get that on no, 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 absolutely no. not. No. Our fault at all. No. No. So, uh, Tom, what do you think? You're going to do it? I, I just don't know. I, I, it's too close to call, isn't it? I do think it'll go down to the last game. I really, really do. Are you going to do it? Answer the man. Come on. Are you going to do <laughs> right, it? Right, here's the thing. Well, he after, after, know, we Chelsea, <laughs> after we beat Chelsea on Sunday, I, I think lots of... Liverpool fans said the same thing. If we get 97 points and City get more and win the league, well, they really deserve it, don't they? If you, if you don't win the league at 97 points, whoever finishes above you has had an exceptional season. And and that's the thing. Yeah. I'd like to think we can. We've been amazing this season. You could do it now that Spurs beat City because their confidence could be knocked off. You hope, a bit. don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah. who knows football? No one knows. Know. No that's it. Leicester City won the league. Yeah. yeah. You know. That was a good recovery. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Mate, a welcome return to the studio and indeed to the world of karate uh, at the age of 61. Although it's fair to say he's in pretty good shape still. It is Jeff Thompson. Hi, Jeff. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Are yeah. you mad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insane, stupid, all of the above, yeah. aforementioned. Um, so, yeah, you're a former world champion. So uh, what, what's taking you back to the sport then, competitively? A number of reasons, but I think um, a year ago I was 60, I went to the National Taekwondo Centre, invited by the current crop of talent, all now preparing for Tokyo as karate becomes an Olympic sport for mm. the first time. Um, both myself and Janice former world champion turned up and they said do you want to That's watch your wife, said, we'll train. Yes. yeah my wife we trained and yes. for two hours um we held our own and a few days later i was expecting rigor mortis for the muscles to set in <laughs> felt incredibly good um started training again this year um and in a, a training accident as i will say and janice will completely challenge i bruised her rib and a few weeks later, so I've entered you for a tournament. So I think there's a bit of revenge. I think, there's a bit, I think the insurance has been well and truly paid up. But more importantly, it then had to have a purpose. I wasn't going to go back just for an inflated ego fest. So the youth charter is still, for me, the fight that I have always advocated, along with Janice, for 25 years, for 26 years this year. Lives are still being lost. So I fight for the streets was simply saying that the martial arts and the combat community really do need to engage these young people give them the discipline, give them an outlet for their aggression and give them something that gives, provides hope. Mm. So, um, yeah, Paul Alderson, Joey Long, all of the generation I hopefully inspired in some small way. They're the promoters. So they've given the old pensioner a pass. So who? <laughs> what's the 10K part of it, though? This is the, Sorry, the prize it, The, the £10,000 is the largest, um, I suppose, prize money offer in World Karate. So obviously that money helps the youth charter, helps our costs already. We, we still depend on donations. So there's a whole fundraising effort behind it. But more importantly, on March the 7th of this year, Lord Sebastian Co. joined me at the University of East London, where I'm the chair of the Board of Governors. Um, and we put together proposals that we believe can address what they now class as a national emergency. Mm. But it, at the end of the day, it simply says, this is what can be done. This is what needs to be done. And you've got to walk your talk and put yourself on the line. So that's what I'm doing. So yeah. who do you know who you'll be fighting? Is it is it a tournament? How does it has it? Yes, it's a work? tournament form, format. Four groups of eight. Knockout. So first round all the way through to the final. Um, don't know who I'm competing with. I'm not going to change a habit now. I never much <laughs> paid attention to who I competed with back in the 80s and um, simply focused as to what I do and what they have to deal with. Is it age-related? I mean, is, is, it, is it like it's not, it's not like the vet's circuit? Or, I mean, is it, are you going to be going... You could <laughs> no. be in with a sort of 20-year-old, Jeff, oh, could I'd you? I'd be going in with a 25, 26, 27 years wow. of age. So I'm, I'm giving at least 35 years away. But as I'm sure this morning's session will testify, C&D Nuclear Arms is back. <laughs> <laughs> you look so confident. Yeah. Really um, <laughs> I've got to say, eight weeks ago, yeah. and Janice decided to coach me, and I can honestly say she's now got her revenge back. Jordan, my son, professional boxer, at six foot seven, as I always said, if I can handle him, I'll handle anybody. Yeah. And he, he reciprocated with the, the rib tickle. So, um, no, the niggles have been interesting. The small injuries, 
that's what tests your resolve mm. and your intent. Because it purpose. does, it takes you longer to heal, doesn't it, when oh, you're no. older? It doesn't matter how Absolutely. fit you are. There's been more ice starting my day <laughs> and ending my day than you yeah. ever want to know. But it really has brought back, I, I definitely believe in muscle memory. I definitely mm. believe in brain memory. And yeah, I, I... So it's come back, really, once you go, once you mm. started it, it came back very quickly. Absolutely. Like riding a bike, as no, they say. No, I can honestly say, yeah. um, best thing I've ever done. Um, it's given me an outlet for my frustrations. And, you know, you, you meet civil servants and ministers and everybody yeah. trying to suggest what they see as so difficult being so simple. Give them somewhere to go, something to do and someone to show them. We're embarking in Dagna today with Lee, who's been one of my sparring partners, met some of the... The, the kids, and it's there. They, they've got they've got someone giving them an alternative to a classroom experience, to a life experience. Mm. And when, so many of Britain's winners in combat sports all had a similar background to me, all disaffected in some way. But you know, the eighties through to the nineties, and even now in the reemergence of boxing, the other combat sports, there's a good number who are achieving things they would never thought possible, but without that opportunity of someone giving them a boxing club, a martial arts club, mixed martial arts, whatever it is. As long as they're channeling that aggression and getting yeah. some discipline and routine and habit, that's good. I mean, since there. we last saw you, and you were in about six months ago, and we talked about what you mm -hmm. do with the youth charter, I mean, this has become... I mean, it's, it's always been a big problem, but it's become a big political problem now, hasn't it? The, the rise of knife crime. I just wonder if that's, that's, that's in some ways, in an odd place, it's kind of helping your cause, because you, you've been talking about this all the time. Suddenly, it's, yeah, it's, it's top of the agenda. So it's, uh, a door's being opened a little bit, Jeff, from, the, say, the last time we saw you. I'd, I'd, I'd always have a mixed emotion of response. Yes, of course, I've been talking to what will have been the six prime ministers' office over the last 26 years. Of course, I'm talking to civil servants. We still have a distraction of a constitutional crisis that I believe is distracting us from the issues of the day. And I think that's a very dangerous um, social and cultural environment to be allowing issues such as we're experiencing to be allowed not to be addressed. Yesterday, parents marched on Westminster as we had climate change protest and you know that, that environment they become a product of and I just looked at the, the taxi driver said to me you know I can't earn enough money to um, buy me my carbon friendly cab so I'm going home and I said to him <laughs> so what does this all look and he come from the east end and he'd been to Oxford House where I started karate training in Bethnal mm. Green and he said the stupid thing is the answers require just some common sense and it requires communities. There is nothing going to be parachuted in. There's no third world aid to this problem. Mm. There's no stop and search. And, you know, if our police officers, we gave them 100 million to avert this crisis, give 50 million to the communities. And when a police officer is a social coach and he stops someone because he knows them and they know him, the LAPD, they ran their midnight basketball back in the 80s when we took a group from Mosshide there. And they said, if it kicks off, we shut it. In 48 hours, the name's given up, we continue. We've got to build real, authentic relationships. And yeah, they're all coming out the woodworks this weekend. Mm. It's going to be fascinating. I, I must just say yeah. that when we worked together in the 80s, I once went to watch a karate tournament. Yeah. Now, you think it's a non-contact thing. It's very disciplined. <laughs> but blimey. I mean, there were quite a few people sort of carried off and bleed, blood and everything. It's, oh, hey, this, this could well be the resurrection, the crucifixion, oh, no. all in one holy well, week. Well, yeah. This could be the moment to tell us about your very limited time in martial arts, Andy, when you were a kid. Tell us what happened when you when you donned the, the karate outfit. You had a couple of sessions with me, Andy, didn't you? 
no, it was it judo. Was judo when he was yeah. a kid. Do you know this story, do you? No, yes. he doesn't. No, he hasn't told me. Well, I had to give it Reveal. up because my trousers fell down. He basically <laughs> he didn't do his belt up tight enough, and his kicks. They stood there like Brian Ricks on the old mat with his kicks around his ankle. I could have been Brian Jacks if I hadn't been for that. Yeah, but instead you were Brian Ricks. With me, with me, with judo, I was too skinny. And once they sat on me, I went, no, this is too intimate, too unhygienic. I want something with a bit of distance, a bit of skill, a bit of movement. Oh, but yeah. no, it's, as I've said, the, um, the martial arts community and the combat sport community, I think, can play a major role. And I'm hoping that what I'm doing will just give and highlight what is still a massive issue on the streets. Yeah. But can only be, I believe, be sorted out by those from the streets, for the streets, to the streets. Jeff, we wish you well. Jeff, Keep up the good work and best of luck in your return to the sport. Thank you, gentlemen. Fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now, if you're a fan of sports writing, then uh, we recommend you pick up a copy of uh, The Cost of These Dreams. Uh, sports Stories and Other Serious Business by Wright Thompson. Uh, Wright uh, is a, a, a journalist and author, senior writer for ESPN the magazine and he's over in the UK to do some sporting assignments some of it football related and he joins us now good to see you it's great to see you guys I appreciate yeah, yeah. you yeah, it was, it's, uh, I've really enjoyed yeah. it actually it's a very diverse collection you've put together uh, I take it this is work you've done sort of in fairly recent years that have appeared in it, the magazine it, it absolutely yeah, is yeah. yes sir so uh, one very timely one, of course, as we find you here a few days after the Masters, is the piece you did on uh, Tiger Woods. And um, You needed to write it Monday morning. I yeah, <laughs> because it's, it, it's been some story there, hasn't it? I mean, having someone who's followed him and followed his uh, story and career, I mean, it, it, what a turnaround that was. Well, it was staggering to me because, you know, he has two kids and uh, Sam, his daughter, was an infant the last time he won a major championship. Charlie, his son, wasn't born this last weekend was their first time to ever go to Augusta National. And he said, you know, in the, in the aftermath of the win, that his kids thought he was a YouTube golfer. And it just sort of, <laughs> like, and, you know, in my story that's in the, uh, the Cost of These Dreams, there's a scene where he is trying to chip in his backyard and falls down and his back hurts so bad he can't stand up. And he doesn't have his cell phone, so he has to just wait until his daughter is running around playing in the yard and sees him lying there, and he's like, can you go get some help? And people don't realize that, you know, he was close to never playing a round of competitive golf again. Mm. And to come all the way back and to do it in front of his kids who had never seen him be Tiger Woods was, it was interesting, all of America just stopped. I was on a flight watching the end of it, and when the putt went in, I didn't realize, evidently, that everyone on the flight was watching it because <laughs> there was spontaneous applause on wow. the airplane. Wow, that's great. He seems to be kind of in the, in this sort of second coming. He seems to be more loved than probably he was the first time around. He's probably a, that often he, happens. Is he a different sort of guy, you think? Well, I, one, I think that to just assume that he's automatically different is to once again believe that the narrative that exists in the ether is as true as we want it to be. Mm. But I certainly think that if... The first half of his career was playing a game for his father that the second half of his career is playing a game for himself because, you know, if he didn't have a chance to decide whether or not he wanted to start playing golf when his dad put clubs in his hand when he was a toddler, it would have been very easy for him to just exit stage left with all these injuries and take his money and go sit on an island and fish and, yeah. you know. And so the fact that he chose to continue to try to play – I mean, I bet it was the first time in his life that he was playing golf because he chose to play golf and not just because, well, I'm Tiger Woods. I guess I should be playing Mm. golf. Mm. So I imagine 
that there's a there's a lot more agency for him. The title of the book suggests that greatness in sport comes at a price. Presumably, that's what you believe. I think that you know. I think what you see with elite athletes all the time, and not just elite athletes, although that's sort of what the three of us are concerned with. I think asp- aspirations and the often complicated fuel that drives them leads people to make a series of decisions that almost feel like independent decisions. You don't really realize that it's this connected constellation of things until you're 40, 42 years old, Mm. and now you have to make an accounting of what you wanted to be, what you became, and what you traded for it, and what of those things you're okay with having given up, and what of those things that you regret. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I rarely meet a 60-something retired, really great athlete who's happy. I mean, who's really happy. Hmm. That's, That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. When, you, seems, when, I mean, when you think about the guys you've yeah. met, I mean, not mm. many of them are, like, just loving life. Yeah. I wonder if we saw with Rob Gronkowski recently calling it a day at, at sort of 29. You wonder if one of the trends we're going to see more and more in, in football in, in the States is that, is that guys are kind of calling it much earlier than they have done before. You know, and... You do wonder, like, what did his retirement buy him, and then what is he going to miss? I mean, when you talk to ex, you know, American football players or footballers or cricketers or anybody, mm. you know, they they miss the crowds and the adulation much less than they miss being connected to this group of guys who are connected in the pursuit of something that's really simple. I've always thought that, you know. Athletes find out every day how they did, and the rest of us don't. You know, like, I'm not going to really know how this radio interview did. (laughs) And, you know, when I walk out and talk to a producer, they're not going to be like, man, you were terrible. That was like, and so you sort of have to guess, but athletes don't have to guess. They know every day how they did. And I imagine going from that, like, real binary clarity to just all of a sudden having to be like the rest of us and just sort of have to muddle through your day. I just imagine that in a way that surprises them is probably debilitating. Do you think there should be a bit more help in that transition? We talk about it in a lot of sports, whether it's in bo- boxing or in football or anything. Should I mean, what can you do when you've spoken to athletes that have done that? Is there anything you can do to make that sort of passage easier? I don't know. There's an American writer, John Updike, who has a line that mm. says, the mask eats the face. And, you know, I think to live in public, especially, you know, if you're an international football star, and to deal with all of the sort of assaults on your time and your life that you almost have to create a character and then you almost have to be surrounded by people who are strong enough and who you trust enough to not let the character take over your life. I mean, there's like in this Michael Jordan story that's yeah, in this book, say, yeah, it, right, yeah. it's very like Michael is very well aware of the fact that Mike Jordan from Wilmington, North Carolina is dead and that Michael Jordan killed him. And that, you know, when Michael's father was murdered, uh, you know, he also he lost his father and a good friend. But the other thing he lost that he never really was able to get back was the last person who didn't see him as Michael Jordan, global superstar, but who just saw him as Mike Jordan. I mean, there's a story, there's an anecdote in that story that I find, I mean, it's simple, but it's really profound because Jordan wanted to redo his basement, you know, and put in like, you know. Like, whatever Robbie Williams has in his basement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And so, like, he did what any rich person would do. He called someone, and they were going to come do it. And Jordan's dad, who was in the U.S. military, 
just was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm going to get some guys, and we're going to come up to Chicago and just do it. <laughs> so one year while Jordan was at the All-Star game, Jordan's dad and some buddies redid Jordan's basement. And so he kept him tethered mm. to something. Mm. And I think, so to answer your question in a long about way, I think if you're a really famous athlete or if your son or a daughter is a really famous athlete, the, o- the only thing you can do is to try to keep them tethered somehow enough to who they were before all this craziness happened so that somewhere in the middle of this hurricane they don't just lose themselves i mean you guys see it all the time yeah we should just say before we go that the book isn't just about american sport no We've got a chapter on messi you went to argentina i read it it's a fascinating thing because he is a very enigmatic character and uh, your conclusions are interesting yeah and uh, people should check that out and you are while you're in the uk you're going to liverpool at a very interesting time of course a club with uh, u.s connections with the ownership and uh, yeah this it's a good time to be visiting liverpool and watching them play I think. Well, I mean, were there three? Were there three weeks left? Mm, yeah. I mean, it's coming down to mm. it, and I mean, I'm excited to go talk to people at the club, but also I'm just excited to be in Liverpool to see what that tension feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, like it, it'll it, be better if they win the title. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> like, but it's gonna be close. Yeah, and I, like there's something oh, yeah. about that that is, I mean. Sports, it seems to me like sports... No, it could be the most glorious season in I mean. their history. They could win the Champions League and the, and the Premier League in the same season. They could end up with nothing. Well, that's, that's, why, that's why we love sports. Yeah, sure. It's, they're, they're, what, 18 days left and either of those things could happen? That's yeah. awesome. It's fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Martin Kellner, squad number nine with the weakest sport on TV. Not here in the flesh, but uh, on Skype. Beautiful. Oh, good. Let's hear it. Lovely. Let's hear it. Yeah. It's lovely to be shunted. I don't mind being shunted, to be honest. No, I'm um, sure you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, a week, what a week it's been. What, what, a week. what a good way to start any kind of review uh, section of a show. What a week it's been. This is the Masters, and then, of course, climaxing in that uh, football match last night. Did, did you by any chance watch the football last night? Uh, I did. Yes, we did. I, yeah. I, took, I did take the game in, Martin. Yeah, it wasn't a pleasurable experience. Yeah, did um, did they, has anybody mentioned it on Talk Sport today at all? It's, it's no, yeah, not really. Pa- in passing, yeah, but in I, passing. I, I want to ask you, Martin, did you watch uh, the climax of the golf on BBC or did you stick with Sky? What what did you choose there? Did you choose sort of the Peter <laughs> Alice old crusty version? <laughs> well, Thank you for I, that. I quite like old crusty Peter Alice, but to be honest, I was watching it with my son, and you know he's he's a real golf enthusiast. So I think we were just on Sky. Well, we were on Sky constantly. Uh, so I watched it at the end, and obviously the thing they really need to do away with is that scene where they hand over to oh, the yes. uh, uh, and they they pass the green jacket to him. Mm. I mean, it's just hello. Is it 1953? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is quite shocking, isn't it? It's yeah. something. It just seems so out of time to have everybody look like they've been pre-embalmed, and they're all sort yeah. of sitting it's, there. It's aren't that they? silent atmosphere. Yeah. You go from all the cheering on the 18th green, and yeah. everyone's doing, and then suddenly this very subdued, sort of very quiet-sounding presentation. It is bizarre. Well, I don't know whether Sky are in a position to do anything about that, but r- really, it, I mean, it doesn't spoil it because it's just so weird. You sit there watching this and just wondering what the heck's going on. So that was all good. Apart from that, I didn't back Tiger, whereas uh, several back Tiger. Um, I ended up, I won £12.50 uh, by backing John Rahm to get in the top 10. Um, but backed a lot of other duffers to get in the top 10 as yeah. well. So. 
This, se- was this a- section is often the mug punting of Martin Kellner. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, it is very much. Bets what I never did or did do but weren't very good. But Martin's Skype line <laughs> always reminds me of Ichiku Park, a song from the 60s. It's a very phasey sort of sound. Yeah, it does sound like that bit, that little break, doesn't it, <laughs> yeah. in Ichiku Park? It does a little bit. You've got a kind of slightly... It's like you're coming from uh, a submarine about 20 fathoms down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on drugs, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Picture yourself <laughs> on a boat, yeah. Um, so... What else was I going to ask you? Um, it was golf related. No, it was a serious point, actually. I don't know if you saw this the other day. The Telegraph reported that it looks as if the BBC next year, the, the Sky are pushing more and more because of their commitment to the Masters oh, yeah. here to, to get it exclusively. And it looks like with the deal running out after this current Masters, the BBC will probably lose those final two days, which they've had before, which means it'll be the first time since 1955 there's been no golf on the BBC. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to mourn it terribly, you know, because if you, if you want the golf, and most people want the golf like the, like a lot of golf, you know, that's the thing about golf. It goes on for a few days, and people like to watch it all. Sky's coverage is very good, and I think you know the people who want the golf will who really want the golf will support Sky. But I think the BBC. Am I phasing now? <laughs> it's, it's not just some odd noise. It sounds like someone's pushing a wheelbarrow, and then somebody else is going. <laughs> it's it's it, it's it feels a bit like that bar in Star Wars. Like yeah. Jabba's going to be in the corner with his entourage. It's it's, it's an amazing set of, uh, of. I mean, I'm quite. I mean, normally I would at this point say let's just try on an old-fashioned landline. But personally, I quite like all no, the noises. No, let's keep going. I think they're this, they're yeah. interesting. So the football last night, Martin. Did you did you watch that? I, did I watch it? Fantastic. I can't. I was talking to a couple of Liverpool fans today, and I can't believe that they uh, they were flipping between the two. I mean, how could, you, how could you flip? You didn't know, you know, I mean, well, the guy missed a goal, obviously, after it was two all. You know, he missed a goal then. But uh, I, I couldn't have flipped. Is that better? Well, even if West Ham were playing at the same time, West Ham are in Europe. They got a chance of getting into the semi-final to play Barca. You'd you'd be watching the Spurs City game. You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't in those circumstances. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why Liverpool fans. I knew Liverpool fans were watching Liverpool last night. You would do, but it, it's always almost a pity because that was a kind of foregone conclusion, and the other game was a classic. You know. Yeah. It was a classic, and some classic moments in it. I do like the way uh, Jermaine Jenis um, comes up with the inappropriate word at the moment. When the Sissoko went down, he said, yeah, it's those innocuous ones when you know something bad has happened, which is actually <laughs> the opposite of innocuous. innocuous. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, when they were d- doing the review on the um, uh, on the Spurs goal, yeah. uh, you know, the VAR review, he said, um, so they were talking about, you know, it might have just hit his arm, it might have his leg hit first or whatever. And uh, JJ said, uh, I don't know whether where that comes into the whole silhouette of things. <laughs> and I can where the silhouette was, I couldn't quite quite work out. But um, well, uh, silhouette is very much a football word at the moment, because yes. that's the thing about handball, isn't it? If you stray from your natural uh, silhouette. Uh, oh, in that my apologies. Yeah. I didn't feel... Yeah, uh, Jermaine, if you're listening, yeah. I apologise. <laughs> maybe. performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just his silhouettes <laughs> listening. Yeah, it's just, it's just not... It's just his outline is uh, listening to something. So the, the other thing they have to watch about, uh, watch when it's a match as enthralling as City and Spurs, is where they put the trails in. It must be very difficult. Darren Fletcher's quite good at that, but it is difficult to uh, tell me you're watching probably the best football match you've seen for maybe a couple yeah, of, of years 
Uh, yeah, and then you're supposed to get interested in the capitals versus Indians in the IPL. Um, <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? And it, it, it's uh, and especially when United were playing on uh, Tuesday, the United Barcelona. In the middle of that, they started plugging Man U legends versus Bayern Munich legends. I mean, any any Man United fan watching that had no appetite for, for for legends and things. You know, they were already already a goal or two nil down on Agria. So nobody was um, you know, nobody was gonna be that interested. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, stylistic thing with BT though. I've noticed this that they, they'll go um Capitals against Indians, which is Delhi against Mumbai. Yeah, and I, I, I thought it'd be better if you say Delhi against Mumbai. You kind of can relate to it. And when they say Sunrisers versus, you know, I don't know, somebody else charges, you think, well, who's that? And what's so this? you buy into it more now because you're a big well, fan I, of yeah. Delhi, are you? Well, not necessarily, but <laughs> you get right it's a bit, the lads It's from a bit Delhi. gives you a bit more of a sort of geographical well, yeah, really, context. We, we watch the IPL just for, just for the you know, it's like exhibition cricket. Don't you? Oh, we care? That's, that's I don't care who's playing. I would say I'm more interested in the players that are playing. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. I wouldn't describe it. Exhibition. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be kissing the badge, though, am I? I'm not no, be, not really. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's great to watch, though. Yeah. And I also watched. Uh, you know, I'm sort of a little bit averse to council TV, yeah. so I've been watching Netflix and Amazon Prime. Mm. Uh, I watched a thing called, which I would highly recommend. A thing called The Dawn Wall, especially of the climbing. As complete, the Dawn Wall is the name of uh, a climb in uh, Yosemite in the States. Yeah. It's 3,000 feet of straight up granite. Wow, you know, wow. you, you wonder how the hell's anybody to climb? You know, it's like literally fingernail stuff. Um, and it's a free climb, you know, so I assume that's, you know, you either get up there or you, or you don't get anywhere <laughs> afterwards, you know. And absolutely, inch by nerve wracking inch, they said. It wow. goes up this wall. It's a guy called uh, Tommy Caldwell. Hmm. Very impressive uh, and they have his parents is that Minnie's boy <laughs> could be actually no his, his mum was on and it certainly wasn't Minnie but anyway <laughs> she, are you hearing me you're hearing, we're we're hearing, hearing you, you yeah, mother yeah, keep, keep going, going. Keep broadcasting, can you hear me, man? it's worse than me <laughs> this is ridiculous next next time I'm just going to grab my phone and talk <laughs> about but anyway I think it might be the state of my um, internet here so if you're listening, BT. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he, he climbs up this wall, but his mum and dad were on talking about him, uh, and his mum said, as a kid, Tommy was slow at everything. Wow. But I think they were from Montana, so nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, but and he himself, he himself said he was de developmentally delayed, but his dad was a bodybuilder and also a climber. And from the age of like about four years old, yeah. his dad was taking him on these ridiculous climbs and taking him to camp out in a blizzard for the evening. Wow. Uh, one, of his, one of his mates said, you know, social services would have got involved these days. Yeah. But he did, you know, he really just tried to toughen him up with all that. Um, old school parenting, Martin, really. Yeah, yeah. Very old school parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very old school. Yeah. No flipping fortnight there. So we, uh, we've run out of time, but you, we... Have we run out of time? Oh, we have, yeah, yeah. yeah. We give you more same. time when you actually come in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's better. So <laughs> I, I can barely hear you boys this end. Are you on, <laughs> he played 200 quid for this mic for his, for his <laughs> thing. No, I'm, just, I'm talking with a computer mic now. Okay. I didn't bother with the other one. I did pay 200 quid for a mic, which I've got here, yeah. but... Last time you said that was rubbish as well. Well, Gab so Cancello's been in touch. He says it does sound like Martin standing in front of Windy Miller in Camberwick Green. <laughs> so there's one, there's one for the teenagers too. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. As we say, we're uh, not back now until... Uh, 
Tuesday. So enjoy your bumper uh, bank holiday weekend, and we will catch up with you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 